Hi everyone, welcome to our podcast, Breathe In, Write Out, a podcast for high school, college, and university students about making the most out of academic life. We touch on study skills, student life, career transition, overall well-being, personal development, and other topics that impact young adults. At the end of each podcast, we send our listeners off with a short guided meditation and writing prompt. We hope that through these discussions, meditations, and writing exercises, we can build an open, caring, compassionate community that supports personal growth. I'm Lisa Fow, the founder and CEO of Fow Academic Writing, where we focus on teaching young adults the communication skills necessary to reach their full potential on the page and in life. Get into a cozy spot, grab your pen and notebooks, and let's meet our first guest. This week's episode is about something we don't like to talk about, death and critical illness. When we are young, we often think we're invincible, but this is not always the case. We are all fragile human beings, and at some point in our lives, our lives will end. It is important to think of these eventualities sooner rather than later, as it can save you a lot of additional hassle, stress, and even money. This week's guest is Mario Schwarzenberg, the owner and insurance broker of MSI, Mario Schwarzenberg Insurance Services Incorporated, an insurance brokerage that has been offering its customers competitive insurance rates since the early 1990s. Mario guarantees you personal service and dedication that will help you to build a relationship for many years. As a brokerage with many years experience in selling insurance, paying claims and access to all major insurance companies they offer a variety of plans at the most competitive rates. MSI offers a wide array of insurance services, including life insurance, mortgage insurance, business benefits, a whole list of things. And today we're going to talk to Mario about the importance of understanding insurance and why you might want to get it when you're younger as opposed to when you're older. So welcome to our podcast, Breathe In, Write Out, Mario. Thank you, Lisa, for having me. You're welcome. So, you know, insurance, when people think of insurance, they often think of car insurance, because that's usually the first thing they have to get insurance for. But there are actually different kinds of insurance and different kind of sections in the insurance industry. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what each one does? Yes, Lisa, and that's correct. The majority of the time, people are introduced to insurance with car or home insurance, but uh, there is also life insurance, uh, critical illness, uh, living benefits, uh, people benefits. Uh, those are very big part of uh, proper financial planning uh, for younger people and, and uh, for people who start their families uh, and uh, have needs to make sure their income income is replaced or they have a continuation of income if they cannot work. Okay. But I remember when I first met you, you were telling me, like I was asking you about business insurance and you said, oh, I don't do business insurance. I do personal insurance. So what are, aren't there like three different um, areas of insurance? So, yes, uh, business insurance, a lot of times when people refer to business insurance, they have uh, 
building a liability or uh, some general type of insurance uh, on their mind. Yet there is a part of a business insurance like key person or buy sell uh, or dental medical that I can help with. Uh, and that's related to people insurance. If uh, there are two partners and they need to have protection for each other for the business, uh, that will be part of the business uh, benefit insurance, like a key person or buy sell. Or dental okay. medical is also part of the business because the group benefits offered through the employers um, are referred to as uh, group benefits or business insurance as well. <laughs> a lot of complicated um, things to think about. So that's why it's important or useful to find yourself a good insurance broker because you can answer a lot of your questions. So that's I think... <laughs> that's a good point that, that a lot of times uh, to put things uh, together to organize which insurance is uh, important or at the person's stage of life uh, or the person's needs, which insurance is more important, which insurance can wait, it is a good idea to consult with a broker. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have to, but there's definitely an added value of going to an expert. So I think the first time I ever heard of life insurance is because my parents really like to watch like uh, masterpiece theater and British kind of crime shows. And a lot of times someone would get murdered and then, um, you know, they would have a bunch of life insurance and that might be a motive for the murder. <laughs> but I mean, that's pretty, pretty unusual. I'm sure. That's um, true. But why, why is, so in the, in those shows, you know, the person would be quite wealthy, right? But why is life insurance something that just everyday people might want to think about in terms of their long-term financial planning? That's correct. Uh, the Insurance, uh, again, depending on the person's needs, uh, on the person's uh, financial requirements. Uh, for wealthy people, it was to preserve uh, the wealth, uh, to use the insurance to pay for different uh, capital gain taxes or estate taxes. For people whose estate is smaller or don't have uh, so many assets, uh, they would use insurance to replace their income or provide for the family if they're not if they are not there to provide, especially mm -hmm. to pay the mortgage, especially if there are underage children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you even um, have some stories about clients where insurance made a big difference, right? Like sometimes people do pass away much younger than expected and they have to... Um, provide for their children or their spouse. I know for those of you out there who are 20, <laughs> this might be like something you're not, this a stage you're not quite at, but it is something to think about now for the future. So like, can you, can you give us an example of, you know, how life insurance helps someone? By all means. Uh, and uh... I, over the last 26 years, uh, 
providing, helping with insurance needs. Uh, have seen a lot of different situations. I have not had anybody be murdered uh, yet. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> is that even is that covered by insurance if you get murdered? I would imagine so. Uh, <laughs> yes, actually, the answer to the question, yes. Um, but usually, the the person who is the beneficiary should not be the person committing the act. I would imagine. Yeah. Okay. So there, there you go. There will be some restrictions there. <laughs> if you you're not, not going to benefit. Not to give some ideas. Someone correct. to get life insurance and then murder them. So not a good but, strategy. Not but, at all. Not at all. But the uh, majority of the time, uh, as even what you mentioned, uh, young people would learn about insurance from their parents. Uh, a lot of times it is when something tragic happens within the family or, or close circle of friends. Mm -hmm. And in fact, my very first claim in the insurance uh, when I was starting was a very good friend of mine who passed mm -hmm. away and he had a young family. And I could see the difference the insurance made to his family, not to make anybody rich, but so the family left behind can continue living and uh, fewer things uh, to worry about especially from the financial point of view so like what would be some of those things without a doubt uh, dependent children underage children are number one reason why people do get insurance but also there is a situation there are dependent uh, spouse uh, spouses or, or parents uh, or siblings uh, whenever a person goes to work because they have responsibilities to provide for their needs or somebody else's needs, they would usually have need for insurance because if they work to provide for somebody else's needs, for their needs and somebody else's needs, we want to, they would want to make sure that this income they will generate would be replaced if they pass away and the other person would still depend on, on this, right. they have to depend on this money. So that would replace their income. So I think person. people, I think people understand that if you have a small child and you pass away, obviously that child is not going to go and get a job, but for, and you know, but what, I mean, I think people might think, well, I passed away. The kid has a mom or a dad. It's going to be fine. But kind of what's the difference between a situation where that happens there's a, a partner another parent um with someone who has insurance and someone who doesn't have insurance like what are the specific things that the insurance can help you cover that people often don't think about and, and uh... Again, there are a lot of unique uh, situations. Uh, and, and you're right, uh, underage children usually would not go out there and, and get a job to, to, to <laughs> earn a living. Uh, and that's why it is so important for when both parents or even sometimes single parents uh, raise the, the family, um, this family relies, depends on their income. Mm. And uh, whether it is paying for everyday needs, uh, food, clothing, uh, school, um, even when people have insurance for mortgage, and even when the mortgage is paid off, there are other expenses, the property taxes, uh, uh, hydro, the maintenance of the uh, living place, whether it's a house, condominium. So 
there are a number of different daily expenses uh, that uh, have to be taken in co into consideration or even some situations when person becomes ill and the family have to take care of them financially might not be covered by insurance they have or they don't have mm -hmm. so they would go into a debt to provide for the person who is uh, in a right life-threatening situation so it can help you in a lot of different ways and I, you kind of bring up the point there's different types of insurance even within the kind of personal insurance life insurance realm and they cover different things like i i know we had a discussion about you know should disability insurance versus critical illness versus life insurance and how they cover different things sometimes people have combinations to 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 kind of um account for those different situations do you want to maybe take a minute to kind of explain the the difference between say life insurance critical illness and disability that by all means thank you lisa for asking because this is very important in fact that would be usually um very first thing i would recommend taking you know five ten minutes to go over available options how they work uh, and then the person could uh, see which one of them is more of a concern in their situation, which one of them maybe is not such a concern. But when talking about life insurance, it would be because the person passes away mm -hmm. and the people left behind do rely on their income. So to provide for the needs of the person left behind, of the people left right. behind, life insurance, either the term insurance or permanent insurance, would provide for those needs mm -hmm. but also living benefits like critical illness and disability they are paid out when the person is alive but unable to work or was diagnosed with a critical illness like heart attack stroke cancer and those also would um, but those benefits would be payable to the person who is who has suffered uh, from an illness or, or an injury mm -hmm. and uh, would provide for their needs and their family needs as well. Right. So that's the kind of thing to think about, even if you don't have dependents, because if you got sick, um, you have to have a way to support yourself. You wouldn't be able to go to work. Without a doubt. And I would often ask the person, can you retire now? If not, why not? Right. People would say, because I have to provide, we have to pay for the mortgage, because we have to pay for food, for school. So if the person cannot retire right now, there is a good possibility they need some life insurance to replace the income they are generating. Or, well, well, they're dead if they have life insurance, but... <laughs> well, that would be the correct money that would come to pay for the needs of the family. But oh, yeah, but I think I was saying that so if someone was 20 or 30, um, critical illness, you know, even if they think, oh, I don't have any dependents, you know, if I die, whatever, I don't have a mortgage, I'm just paying rent, it's not a big deal. But they might want to think about something like critical illness or disability. Maybe you can talk a little bit more about that because yes. they're going to have expenses to cover 
um, while they're need? sick. And, you know, even, even though it's not a mortgage, even though it's not a child, these are still things you need to think about. Without a doubt, the person's needs uh, would have to, person who is suffering from illness or from injury would need a continuation of the income as well. And this would be also a question, how long the person can go away for vacation. Mm -hmm. And if the person can only go for a week for two, that's also uh, emphasize the need for the income they are generating. So if they say, I can go on vacation for a month, but then I have to come back, this means maybe a month they can, they don't need the income replacement. But again, usually after a couple of weeks, a month, uh, they would definitely need to make sure there is some kind of money coming, even if they cannot work, either to pay for their daily needs, or in many cases, when a person has suffered some health condition or, or again, injury, there are additional expenses that uh, come into consideration that are required that mm -hmm. the critical illness benefit or disability can pay for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... Um... You told me an example of someone who actually injured their shoulder just in their home, in, in the kitchen, and how having, I believe that was disability, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Correct. How that helped them. And I think that's something people, again, don't think about. They think, oh, I have a desk job, you know, I'm not going to get in an accident. They would think, you know, Maybe disability is good for someone doing construction where they could get injured, but just that example of, you know, you could get injured in your home and your home insurance is not going to cover that. I mean, if someone else got injured in your home, then maybe there would be that kind of coverage for that person, but mm -hmm. not you who lives in the home. So do you want to maybe tell the audience a bit about that example and how it works to help people? You, you are correct. And that uh, specific example was a gentleman who was a welder and he actually slipped in his kitchen uh, during Christmas time too. And uh, mm. to break the fall, he ended up on his shoulder, tearing the shoulder blade muscle and was uh, had to go through a number of surgeries and rehabilitation almost for two years. Wow. Uh, it was, so uh, two quite years with no work or limited work. Unable to work. He, in fact, actually had uh, lots of limitations how to take care of himself. So not only could not work, but also his spouse had to uh, help him with, with daily uh, necessities. Uh, so and also he a... probably had to do what? Some physio and stuff, which isn't covered by Ontario Health Correct. Insurance? number of surgeries, uh, a lot of physiotherapy, and, and uh, other than the pain uh, that he went through and suffering, and there was a lot of additional expenses uh, and cost, and uh, the spouse had to take him to physio and uh, to rehab uh, and to the surgeries, so that uh, also affected the spouse and spouse's ability to earn a living, and not only the person who was injured. And, and so what uh, kind of insurance did that person have? It was a disability income replacement. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that situation, it was uh, replacing a portion of their income while they were recovering. And so how does that like, how does that work? Would it cover the person for the whole two years or there's different options or what? 
there are different options uh, and, and usually there is a, a benefit period for how long the person can receive the benefits uh, if they are not working. And again, this is a definitely a good uh, question for an insurance broker and, and the person who is considering the coverage to go over the options, available options, depending on the person's financial needs and requirements uh, to match that uh, uh, specific type of coverage for their needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point is that, um, you know, you can go and look up uh, one of the bigger sort of insurance companies directly and probably get some information off their website and um, find out some of the different programs they have. But the benefit of, um, or the reason I liked, or I thought it was a good thing to have an insurance broker is that I could ask a lot of questions and discuss kind of like, okay, this is my long-term goal. This is why I want to do this. This is my budget. Um, and sort of work with someone to find the best option for me. And, the, and then I think the other thing I liked is that when you work with an insurance broker, as opposed to a specific company, which is totally fine, you know, if you have a company you like, use that company. But the benefit was that insurance broker actually can look at a number of different um, companies who offer insurance and find the best one for you. So you're not just restricted to say what a particular company has to offer in terms of their coverage, but you can actually figure out, okay, which company and then which package within that company suits you well. So I, it was really a, a really great kind of educational process for me and I appreciated that a lot. So thanks. My pleasure. I just wanted, just wanted to mention that because I think people don't really think what's the difference between going to a specific company that offers insurance coverage versus a broker and a, and a broker kind of has a, a, a wider breadth of knowledge on the industry. Right? One Am I wrong? The, one <laughs> of the bigger benefits uh, of the situation is that uh, you want to design the plan for the specific needs. Uh, and there are a lot of different companies and each company have their different products with different names, different coverage types, different restrictions. And by talking about uh, individual needs, uh, Ideal is to narrow down from all available options to the ones that fit uh, that person, that family needs uh, the best uh, because uh, everybody is different. And as a broker, I find uh, impossible to say you should have this and this and this coverage without uh, talking to the person, without uh, going through their needs and uh, going through different available options. And by then the person would have a uh, better understanding of available options and uh, help narrow it down to the coverage for their needs. Right, that's the same. It's like when a student comes to me compared to like um, a kind of franchised writing center is that I can sit with the student, get to know them and figure out like the best way to help them. 
So there's a real benefit to getting some sort of personalized support. Um, so I just kind of want to circle back. You were talking, you had mentioned, you know, there's life insurance, disability, critical illness. And when you were talking about life insurance, you said, you know, there's permanent and there's term. And I know this was something I'd read about and something I was confused about. And I asked you a lot of questions about, um, do you want to maybe take a minute to explain what are these two different types of insurance and kind of what are the what are the um, advantages and disadvantages of each? Of each type. So I always say questions are good. And I would encourage a person to ask questions. So they want to ask all the questions they have uh, and uh, hopefully receive answers that they are satisfied with, uh, or at least make them feel uh, more comfortable, uh, able to narrow down to again to the plan, to the choices, to the options that that uh, are best for them. Mm -hmm. But when talking about life insurance, uh, the easiest breakdown would be term insurance and permanent insurance uh -huh. and the term insurance would offer protection for a specific period of time uh -huh. and more often than not it would be offering a protection for families with young children uh, with a mortgage with a temporary needs for uh -huh. 10 years 20 years sometimes even 30 years uh -huh. yet uh, permanent insurance like a whole life for example or universal life the coverage will continue for life and uh, things like funeral expenses, capital gain taxes, uh, would uh, can use insurance to pay for those expenses uh, when everything goes well and the person lives to 70, 80, 90, you usually would not have intention to keep the term for that long, mm -hmm. but the permanent insurance would provide for those needs. Okay, so, so usually people would get term insurance in a period in their life when they have dependents. So for example, um, if they're 25 and they have a, a baby, they might think, you know what, I need 20 years coverage of term insurance just in case something happens to me during my child's life when they're dependent on me. And then after that, they often would not continue the life insurance, right? So that's that's what term is. It just covers a period of time. They would continue permanent insurance. In fact, um, I feel ideal solution is to have both permanent and term because the permanent insurance will be there all goes well. We live to, again, 70, 80, 90, the permanent insurance will continue. But if something happens sooner than expected, the financial impact on the family is much greater. And that's when having the term portion um, would be very beneficial. Okay, so the t so because I think this is this is something people get confused about what's term what's permanent. So I just want to kind of like reiterate what you said. And, and I agree with you with or, uh, you know, I came to the, uh, the conclusion. Yeah, combination is good. Um, but so just that term covers you a certain amount of time, 20 years, that means during those 20 years, for example, that's when the insurance would pay out should something happen to you. And usually the, co the coverage is a little bit higher and the, and the monthly fee or something 
is a little bit lower than permanent. But permanent is something that it doesn't matter when your life ends, the insurance will pay out at some point, even if you live to be 95. I think sometimes when you get over 100, it's something happens, but but um, the, it, but the amount it pays out might be a little lower and it tends to be um, more expensive, right? So is this all correct, the distinction between the two? So I probably wouldn't say more expensive, but uh, the monthly payment uh, for permanent insurance uh, are, starts with higher payment than term, but they will never change. So if we look at the 20, 30, 40 year period of time, long term, in fact, permanent insurance would work out to be uh, less expensive overall than the term, which starts at a lower payment and with age uh, increases, uh, increases in, in price. Mm -hmm. And again, this would be uh, younger we are, the cheaper the term and the permanent would be. Right. But the difference with age, the permanent will remain the level cost and the term will continue increase with term, with right. age. So this is, this is where I think this is something that young people want to think about. And this is where kind of life insurance comes into your financial planning is that even when you're 20, you have no dependents, you have no mortgage. We do know at some point you're gonna pass away. We don't know when. Um, some financial planners may um, argue that it's a, it, it's a good idea to maybe think about getting some permanent insurance then because the rate is going to be lower, right? Because the likelihood of you passing away at 20 versus 60 is um, a lot less likely, depending on your health. Like it depends on, you know, what's your, what's your health situation. You might be a sick 20 year old. Um, so do you wanna, like, am I correct? And do you wanna kind of explain that? I know that you, that was kind of your experience and someone gave you advice about that when you were younger, right? You're right. Without a doubt, uh, whether it's a term or permanent, uh, it is based on age, but not only the age, but also ability to qualify for insurance, because uh -huh. even uh, young people whose health is not as good as uh, should be or could be, might not be able to get insurance or will be limited with uh, what kind of insurance or, or price might be higher than, than the regular coverage based on their age. So not only young people would benefit from insurance long-term, um, but also can accumulate, for example, uh, cash value in the permanent insurance uh, to a greater amount with having more time. Mm -hmm. And isn't there also something with permanent insurance, sometimes you can access it before your death? That's What's... correct. And that's the big benefit of the permanent insurance, like a whole life, universal life, uh, that it does accumulate cash value. And for example, um, a lot of my clients, including myself, uh, I, for example, have permanent insurance, but I also have permanent insurance for my children. Mm. Because when they're younger, 
and the cost of the insurance, usually the health is good and the cost of insurance is much lower, but mm -hmm. also there is a lot of time to accumulate uh, the cash value. So between the low cost of insurance and uh, many years to accumulate the cash value, those are very beneficial to consider uh, for the children and for their future needs. So, so in what cases could you access that cash value and permanent insurance other than like death? There are a number of reasons why a person would access their cash value. They can either cancel the policy and get their money back that they were paying, or they can mm -hmm. borrow against the cash value, use the cash value of the insurance as a collateral and, and borrow against the cash value, whether they're borrowing it for a, um, some temporary needs, uh, they need to buy something or maybe put a down payment or, or, or a property and need to uh, have some uh, available funds. Mm -hmm. um, any requirements uh, in life? I think sometimes don't people access it like when they retire a little bit or something? That, by all means, that's an option as well. Um, when person is retiring, uh, they do have that option to access the cash value um, to subsidize their retirement. Yes, and that's mm -hmm. a, one of the uh, beneficial way to, to subsidize the retirement. Mm -hmm. So this, so I know like when we talk about financial planning, people often talk about, you know, your retirement, RRSPs, TFSA in Canada, um, various investments, savings. And so something, to think about as part of that equation is life insurance. If you, I mean, it's not the same, right? There's more restrictions around it. It's not necessarily like, you know, you shouldn't put all your money in there for your retirement, but it is, it is a financial vehicle to think about even when you're young, the same way people would say, you know, you should start putting money away for your retirement as soon as you get your first job, as opposed to like, you know, when you're 35 or something. Do you have any? Saving and putting away and budgeting, uh, proper budgeting is definitely always a, a good idea. And uh, one of uh, the reasons why many people use life insurance to accumulate uh, money, to, to save money, is uh, because the growth within the life insurance is tax sheltered mm. so it's more beneficial um, you don't pay tax uh, during the growth uh, of the funds and uh, with the company interest and again time value of money it makes it uh, very beneficial right and that's also the benefit in terms of covering estate costs when you pass away right because people I mean, I know a little bit about this because my dad is a retired lawyer and he dealt with this type of law, but people often don't realize that when you pass away, there's um, something called a state tax that your beneficiaries have to pay. There's funeral expenses. There's all these different things that the, your children or whoever your beneficiaries are going to have to deal with. And sometimes the benefit of that permanent insurance, you mentioned this earlier, is to help you to cover those costs. So you're not taking the money out of the estate. 
to cover the estate costs. Is that correct? That, that's right. Uh, in fact, uh, a lot of people who have permanent insurance, they have to pay for funeral expenses, to pay for estate taxes, for capital gain taxes, depending on the uh, how the estate is set up and the needs. But also it is actually cheaper to use insurance money to pay for those expenses than to use savings or then to uh, liquidate some of the estate. Mm. Yeah, these are all things I learned from Mario that I kind of knew about in from reading some books, but um, a lot of information people don't really know about the benefits of, of life insurance, other than your children might fight over it when you suddenly get murdered in a British crime show. Um, <laughs> So I, I just have maybe like a couple more questions because I really am trying to encourage younger people to think about these um, life skills. So what advice would you have for someone who is, you know, 20 something years old maybe in university, maybe recently just finished university, um, what kind of things should they think about or questions should they ask if they're interested in knowing more about insurance for themselves, personal insurance? And I would definitely invite not to even limit it to the insurance, but overall their financial future and financial planning. Uh -huh. um, definitely to take time and ask the questions uh, to take time to check what the options are um, mm -hmm. at any time you do planning you do financial planning or any type of planning for your future it will be more beneficial than if you don't do this planning and that definitely includes the financial planning or insurance planning that uh, for younger people, uh, good health, and not only will have more time to accumulate a greater cash value, but also it will offer lower payments. And uh, definitely to take time to check what the options are and uh, whether they choose to do it at younger age or, or later on, at least they know the options available to them and how it works. So, I think if I was younger, I would kind of be confused because I would feel like, what options? I don't know any options. So <laughs> where are some places or who are some people they could reach out to to find out more about their options? Obviously, you know, personal insurance broker, but you mentioned it's a good idea to think about your financial planning and future. Like, what, where where would be a good place to start? I find again because each person's needs are very different talking to an insurance broker uh, would be beneficial uh, for uh -huh. the person because uh, they can ask their questions uh, specifically to their situation to their needs and uh, go through as a broker again having access to different companies uh, go through a variety of different plants uh, or different uh, uh, options uh, 
within a relatively short period of time and, uh -huh. and uh, um, always beneficial to to have at least basic understanding of of uh, of the insurance right and and talking to an insurance broker doesn't necessarily mean you need to buy insurance that very moment correct right correct uh, the, you can do the inquiry and uh, learn about the, the the available options and you don't you're not obligated to purchase the coverage right and i think something i was trying to get at is i know you have i know you have some some children that are teenage age uh, what like who else would you recommend they go talk to besides you like where else could they find information to help them with their financial planning i mean other than like googling are there are there any other types of experts you think are really helpful for people to kind of build a relationship with or find out more about? Without a doubt, uh, very often or most often, um, the idea of insurance is being introduced by the parents. And uh, I actually have a privilege of uh, having a number of families that I do look after two, even three generations within the families, uh, parents, uh, children, and grandparents uh, for their insurance, uh, because parents are the ones who would usually introduce the majority of the aspects to, to their children. And that depends on the age. Um, if we talk about 20-some-year-olds, believe it or not, the 20-some-year-olds would usually listen to their parents more <laughs> than, than a teenager, <laughs> I feel. <laughs> Right. Well, I was I was also curious about other than insurance, like, would you recommend to your kids, like, maybe you should build a relationship with the financial advisor at the bank you like to go to, or um, maybe it's a good idea to find a little bit about um, estate planning from a, a family friend who's a lawyer. Like I was thinking, just to say, you know, there's there's different experts in different fields, and it's good to build relationships with with each of them um, so that they can answer your different questions, right? Because, for example, you can tell people a lot about uh, life insurance, but you wouldn't necessarily want to give some advice on mutual funds. Correct, even though. I'm partially licensed for investments. My specialty is insurance, and, and, and you're right. Uh, um, talking to a professional uh, in their field uh, would always be the best way to learn about a specific uh, subject. Mm -hmm. And uh, without a doubt, asking questions, being interested, or taking first step. Uh, is, is uh, the way to do it. Uh, don't be afraid to ask questions. There's always, uh, if you have a question, just ask it. Never be afraid to ask questions. Yeah, that's a good, that's what I'm always telling my students. They're afraid to ask questions. <laughs> like they think they're supposed to know as much as an expert. Well, no, that's Not the job all. of the expert. Correct. So, um, another great way to learn more is to um, access books. Now, I know I asked you, what is a book about insurance or financial planning that you'd recommend? 
Um, and you kind of had an answer of, well, you know, there's so many different options, but you did, there is a book you wanted to recommend. Can you tell us a little bit about this book? And then maybe, I think your suggestion was like, use Google <laughs> as a starting well, point for resources. Feel a lot of especially young people nowadays. That's where they even before going to their parents. That's where they go, and this uh -huh. in some situation will provide answers to specific questions. But you have to be very mindful that uh, some of the information might not necessarily be correct right. what you read on the internet. And but right. uh, I feel I benefited a lot uh, from. Uh, other people, professionals, friends, uh, mentors uh, that, that I met, that I had uh, and uh, continue uh, learning and benefiting from a um, number of people in my life. Uh, okay. Not necessarily only about insurance, but, but uh, overall about uh, your mindset, about, your, uh, about the possibilities. And uh, the book uh, that we're talking about, uh, Dr. Benjamin Hardy, uh, personality isn't permanent. What I like about it is that uh, no matter where you're coming from, you have a big control or most control over where you can get or where you're going. Mm. So um, even if you come from a place where there was not too many opportunities, uh, you can change it. Uh, you can uh, um, still change your create your future mm -hmm. not limited based on your past wow so when did you read this book recently or that's pretty recently i was introduced to this by by another person and and i thought that this was such a timely book because i do feel that uh, we should uh, look at plan for the future and and and, uh, and uh, there's unlimited opportunity to, 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 for the growth. Right. Wow. And so what, what was your biggest takeaway from this book? How did it change how you think or how you do things? Without a doubt, don't use your past bad experience as an excuse to grow, to learn mm -hmm. and, and, and to move forward. And this is in fact, uh, uh, the author is talking not because that things happen to you, but because things happen for you. Look at this from a different point of view and see this maybe as even if initially it looked like a bad things happened to somebody, maybe they say this is to make them stronger. This is uh, help them become a stronger person and not to give up, but to succeed against all odds. Right. So, 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 so sort of change your perspective on um, painful experiences that yes, they were painful, but you can still get something positive out of that really difficult experience. Correct. And, and then to use it to your advantage, not uh, use it as your handicap, not uh, to stop your uh, growth or, or, or limit your opportunities and possibilities. Right. So see it as an opportunity to learn. Correct. Wow. That sounds like a really good book. 
So thanks so much for being on our podcast, Mario. I think people learned a lot about insurance. My pleasure and thank you for having me and uh, um, hope I can be of help if at any time someone has any questions. Yeah, you're very welcome. So if anyone wants to find out more about Mario, he has a website and you can look him up at www.marioinsurance.com and we will put the link to that in the podcast post. For everyone else, stay tuned for a short meditation and writing exercise. During this breathing meditation, you will focus on your breath. This will calm your mind and relax your body. There is no right or wrong way to meditate. Whatever you experience during the breathing meditation is right for you. Don't try to make anything happen, just observe. Begin by finding a comfortable position, but one in which you will not fall asleep. Sitting on the floor with your legs crossed is a good position to try. Close your eyes or focus on one spot in the room. Roll your shoulders slowly forward and then slowly back. Lean your head from side to side, lowering your left ear towards your left shoulder and then your right ear toward your right shoulder. Relax your muscles. Your body will continue to relax as you meditate. Observe your breathing. Notice how your breath flows in and out. Make no effort to change your breathing in any way. Simply notice how your body breathes. Your body knows how much air it needs. Sit quietly, seeing in your mind's eye your breath flowing gently in and out of your body. When your attention wanders, as it will, just focus back again on your breathing. Notice any stray thoughts, but don't dwell on them. Simply let the thoughts pass. See how your breath continues to flow deeply, calmly. Notice the stages of a complete breath. From the in-breath to the pause that follows, the exhale, and the pause before taking another breath. See the slight breaks between each breath. Feel the air entering through your nose. Picture the breath flowing through the cavities in your sinuses and then down to your lungs. As thoughts intrude, allow them to pass and return your attention to your breathing. See the air inside your body after you inhale, filling your body gently. Notice how the space inside your lungs becomes smaller after you exhale and the air leaves your body. Feel your chest and stomach gently rise and fall with each breath. Now as you inhale, count silently. One. As you exhale, count. One. Wait for the next breath and count again. One. Exhale. One. 
inhale, one, exhale, one. Continue to count each inhalation, exhalation as one. Notice how your body feels. See how calm and gentle your breathing is and how relaxed your body feels. Now it is time to gently reawaken your body and mind. Keeping your eyes closed, notice the sounds around you, feel the floor beneath you, feel the clothes against your body, wiggle your fingers and toes, shrug your shoulders, open your eyes and remain sitting for a few moments longer. Straighten out your legs and stretch your arms and legs gently. Sit for a few moments more, enjoying how relaxed you feel and experiencing your body reawaken and your mind returning to its usual level of alertness. Slowly return to standing position and continue with the rest of your day feeling re-energized. Thanks for listening to our interview with Mario about life insurance. There is a ton of stuff to learn about financial planning and I'm still learning. Um, but I'm going to tell you about something I do that helps and I'm going to use it as a writing prompt. So I want you to visualize a life goal. What is something you want to achieve? Maybe it's a good retirement, maybe it's buy a house, maybe it's buy a car, maybe it's save up for a wedding. What do you what do you need some money for? And then I want you to write that down. Now I want you to imagine based on talking with your friends or whatever, how much that will cost. So for a wedding, maybe 10 or $20,000. A car, maybe $50,000. A house in a big city like Toronto, a lot, <laughs> six or 700,000. Put a number down on the page. And you're probably now feeling overwhelmed. Okay, now I want you to look at that number and break it down. How much would you have to put toward it in a year? Like, so if you were paying once a month toward that goal in your savings, how much would you put toward it in a year? So I'll just pick something easy, like for example, maybe uh, $12,000 for a wedding. I would need to save $1,000 a month. That might be doable. 700,000 for a house or like even a down payment probably is gonna be like, you know, 70 or half of 70, 35,000. Um, that's a lot. Still figure out how much it is in here. <clears throat> Pardon me. And then, you know, if that's too much for you, maybe you can only afford half of that every month. Spread it out over two years. Or you still can't afford it. You can only afford a third. Spread it out over three years. 
and then really kind of like break it down and it becomes more attainable, more manageable. You know, even um, even a hundred thousand is possible. If you think about it, you could do it in five years, 20,000 a year, or even four years, 25,000 a year. And that's 2000 a month about, right? So the point of this, this isn't really a writing exercise, but just to break these things down into pieces. And then, you know, what you would want to do with this is then you can set aside that amount of money each month in a separate account if this is something you're serious about. But what I do is I write these goals down and I put them up on my bulletin board. So every month I want to save like, you know, $500 for vacations or something. I put it up in my on my bulletin board and I that visual cue really helps me out. What's that have to do with writing prompts? Okay, so now that you've done that, that's great. You've visualized, you've broken down these things, you've set yourself a financial goal. So now I want you to just give yourself like five minutes and just write down all the ideas you have to help you reach that goal, all the things that that goal would mean to you, and really just reflect on that goal for five minutes and journal about it. So, you know, what kind of house do you want? What would that, what would that feel like to have that house? You know, how, how is that attainable to you? You know, what can you do to make that happen? What are some strategies or ideas that are popping into your head? Get a new job, cut out a certain expense. Um, just put all those ideas and dreams and everything down on the page. So I want to thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Or maybe you're just watching this writing prompt video. You can find out more about us on our website, www.fau, I'm pointing at the wrong thing over there, fau.ca. Um, and I look forward to talking to you and helping you to reach your full potential on the page and in life. Take care.